Last week we began a new series looking at the book of Habakkuk. And uh, like I said last week, it's a tricky enough book. And I have to say, part of the way through this week, I thought to myself, why on earth have I chosen to do this? But this is God's word, and God has plenty of things to say to us through this book. And so we're not going to read the next part of the book of Habakkuk together. And we're going to go back to the start. We, we looked at only four verses last week, so we're going to read those again to get the context. And we're going to read through to chapter 2, verse 1. This is God's word. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Habakkuk's complaint. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. The Lord's answer. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earth and ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people, whose strength is their God. Habakkuk's second complaint. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up the more righteous than themselves? You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. So he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what, will say, what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. This morning, that is our passage. 
And this morning, I believe the Lord has something to say to us through it. So let's pray and let's ask God to help us this morning as we look at these verses to hear what he wants to say to us. Let's pray and ask him for his help. Living God, our prayer now as we approach your word is that we would hear your voice. We ask just now that you would help us to close out every distracting influence that might stop us from hearing you. Help us just now to forget about ourselves and to turn our thoughts to you, the living God. Oh Lord, as we gather here in this place, we firmly believe that when your word is preached, that your voice is heard. We are listening for your voice this morning. So speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, have you ever had the experience of asking someone a question and then not receiving the answer that you hoped for? Have you ever had that experience where you ask someone a question hoping that they're going to say one thing and then they say something completely different? Will you marry me? I'm sorry. I can't. Has your tumor shrank? I'm sorry to say, it's not. Did you get the grades that you needed to get in? No, I just missed out on them. Have you ever had that experience? That experience when you ask someone a question and you know the answer that you're hoping to get back, but that answer doesn't come. Well, that is exactly what happened to the prophet Habakkuk. Last week, if you remember, as we met Habakkuk, we found out that he lived in God's land amongst God's people. And we found out that God's people had turned away from God. They started living their own way and not God's way. They had rejected God's rules and God's way of life. And society was then for going down a downward spiral. Violence was on the streets. Injustice was in the courtrooms. Society was a dark place. And last week, the prophet Habakkuk, he, he turned to God and he asked God some really challenging questions. God, why are you not listening? Why are you not doing anything? Why are you tolerating the violence and the injustice on these streets? And the reason that Habakkuk was asking these questions to God was because Habakkuk was hoping God was going to do something. And the passage doesn't tell us, but we can have a pretty good idea what Habakkuk was hoping God would do. Habakkuk was hoping that God would bring revival. Habakkuk was hoping that God would renew his people, that God would renew his people. Habakkuk was hoping that God would give his people a desire to live for him again, to follow his ways again. You see, not too long before Habakkuk, this had happened. The book of 2 Kings, if you read it, it's the history of God's people living in God's land. And if you read the book of 2 Kings, what you will see is that there were often times whenever God's people would abandon God's ways and society would go down the drain. And not too long before Habakkuk, this had happened. Society had been in a dark place, but what did God do? God raised up a new king, a king called Josiah. And under Josiah, God's people turned back to God. And the violence left the streets. 
and the injustice left the courtrooms, and the people experienced God's blessing. And so Habakkuk, when he's praying to God, saying, God, will you do something about this? He's hoping God will bring his people back. He's hoping that God will transform society into a positive place again. He's hoping that God will restore his blessing upon his people. That's what Habakkuk was hoping for. But that wasn't the answer he got from God. You see, God didn't say, do you know what, Habakkuk, I've heard you, and I'm going to restore my people. No, God didn't say that. Instead, God said something very, very different. He said, Habakkuk, I've heard you, and I know what's going on in my land. And you need to sit down, because you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you. But it's time for me to be judgment on my people. It's time, Habakkuk, for me to bring judgment upon my people. And I'm going to do that by sending in the Babylonians. That's what verses 5 to 11 of Habakkuk chapter 1 tell us. That's what God said to Habakkuk the prophet. Listen to God's words. He says to Habakkuk, look at the nations and watch. Look at the nations around you, Habakkuk. And just watch what I am going to do, and be utterly amazed. For Habakkuk, I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if I told you. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth and seize dwellings not their own. Oh, Habakkuk, I know what's going on in my land. Habakkuk, I, I know the violence that's on the streets. Habakkuk, I know the injustice that's in the courtrooms. And Habakkuk, I am going to do something about it. But it's not what you hope. I'm going to bring judgment upon my people. Folks, this morning there is a helpful application to this already in our passage. And it's this. It's that sometimes God does not do what we hope he will do. God does not always do what we hope he will do. And folks, as we live for God and as we live for Jesus Christ and as we try to live for God's people, it's really, really important that we get this this morning. It's really important that we get that God always, doesn't always do the things we hope he will and the reason for that is because if we think that God is always going to do what we want, we're going to be bitterly disappointed sometimes. There is a brand of Christianity, and you might see it on the God channels and places like that. And this brand of Christianity, what it says basically is that God is kind of like your butler. You know, if you just get God in your life, He will, he will bless you. He will give you the things you want. If you just get God in your life, your life will be so much better than if you don't have him. Oh, get God, come to God, and, and God will meet your wildest dreams, and God will fulfill your wildest desires. There is a brand of Christianity like that. 
But folks, that is not biblical Christianity. No, biblical Christianity is whenever we recognize that God is the king and we're his subjects. Biblical Christianity is whenever we recognize that, that God is the potter and we're the clay. Biblical Christianity recognizes that God does not exist to serve us, but that we exist to serve Him. Folks, God doesn't always do the things we hope He will, because God is not our butler. God is not our servant. We are His. We are His servant. Jesus, he, he teaches his friends how to pray. And it's the prayer we all know. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But do you notice what we just said there? Your will be done is what Jesus tells us to pray. Your will be done. Folks, whenever we pray to God, whenever we ask God to do things, I think that sometimes we, we don't give any regard to His will. We only give regard to what we want. But biblical Christianity is not like this. We are asking God to do His will, to fulfill His purposes, to fulfill His plans. Because that's what God has said He's interested in doing. Folks, this morning, the, the first lesson of this passage is that God does not always do the things we hope for, but He will always do the things that are according to His will and to His purpose and to His plan. The second lesson, though, this morning from this passage is kind of like the first, and it's this. It's that God also sometimes does things that we don't like and that we don't understand. I love how honest Habakkuk is in verses 12 to 17 of chapter 1. God has said to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I'm going to send the Babylonians and they're going to come into my land and they're going to take my people away. Just like the, the desert sweeps up sand and takes it away, the Babylonians are going to come in and they're going to take my people away as captives. They're going to come in and, and they're going to exercise my judgment. And what I love about Habakkuk is that he, he pretty much turns to God and he says to God, you know what, God? I do not like what you're about to do. And I don't understand it. We see that in verses 12 to 17, particularly in verses 12 to 13. Have a listen to what Habakkuk says there. Lord, he says, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Oh God, you're holy. 
Oh God, you, you cannot bear to look on evil. Well, why then, Lord, are you going to let the Babylonians come and do these evil things to your people? Oh God, you, you cannot tolerate the sight of wrongdoing. Well, why are you going to let the Babylonians come and have their wicked ways amongst your people? Habakkuk cannot understand why God is going to allow this. Habakkuk cannot understand how God can let this happen. Habakkuk does not like or understand what God is going to do. And again, folks, there's application here for us, isn't there? And the first application is this. At times we might not like what God is doing in our lives. Let me say that again. At times we may not like what God is doing in our lives. And we might not like what God is doing in the world. I mean, we're Presbyterians, and we don't like to raise our hands. And if I asked you this morning to raise your hand if you liked COVID-19 and all the things that have happened because of it, you'd be very happy because you wouldn't have to put your hands up. None of us like some of the things that God is doing in the world. We don't like everything He's allowing to happen. And we may not like everything He's allowing to happen in our lives. Each of us, as we sit here this morning, there are things going on in our lives just now. There may be going on in our minds. There may be going on in our families. There may be going on in our bodies. There may be going on in our homes. There are things going on in each of our lives this morning that God is allowing to happen and that we do not like. We might not like everything that God is doing in our lives. And the second application is this. We might not understand why God is letting certain things happen. There are things that have happened in my life and I don't understand why God has let them happen. There are things I'm sure have happened in your life and you have no answer as to why God has let these things happen. But the reality of life is that as we journey through life, as we live for God, there are times when we don't understand what He's doing. And there are times when we do not like what He's doing. And what I want to say to you this morning is that that is normal. That tension is normal. That feeling of not liking or understanding at times what God is doing, that is normal. You're not strange for feeling like that at times. And you don't need to pretend this morning. You don't need to pretend that you always understand or like what God is doing. But what you do need this morning, and what I need this morning is I need a little bit of help to know how to respond whenever life is like this. What we all need this morning is a little bit of help to know exactly what we're meant to do 
whenever we don't like what God is doing or when we don't understand what he's doing. And the good news is that, that Habakkuk helps us because there are two things that Habakkuk does in these passages that give us a starting point to responding to God when we don't like or understand what he's doing. And the first thing that we're to do is we're to remind ourselves of the things that we know are true about God. We're to remind ourselves of the things that we know are true about God. Whenever Habakkuk turns to God to complain again, he, he starts with verse 12. And do you notice in that verse, do you notice the things that he says about God? He says God is everlasting. As he approaches God, he says, God, you're the one who knows all things. You know the end from the beginning. I recognize this morning that you know all things. You are everlasting. I recognize that, Lord, as I come to you to complain again. And then if you notice, he, he calls God the Lord. That is God's personal name. And Lord, I recognize that you're my God, that I am in a relationship with you. I recognize this morning that even though I don't understand what you're doing, even though I don't like what you're doing, I recognize that I belong to you and that you're my God. We're in a relationship, Lord, and I, I recognize this as I come to you. And then he calls him God, my God, you're God. I recognize you're God this morning. I recognize that you're in control. I recognize that you're the boss. I recognize that you're the king. I don't like what you're doing. I don't understand what you're doing, but I recognize that you are God. Then the other word, you're holy. Oh God, you're in a, a class all of your own. As I come not understanding what you're doing, as I come not liking what you're doing, I recognize that you're different from me and your ways are higher than mine. And then notice what else? It's actually in the next verse. He, he calls him rock. Oh God, as I don't understand what you're doing, as I don't like what you're doing, what I'm recognizing this morning is that you're my rock. You're the only safe place I've got right now. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. But I recognize that only in you and I are going to find safety and comfort and hope in this time. Do you see what Habakkuk does? With his questions, with his not being able to understand, with his not liking what God is doing, he, he reminds himself and he affirms to God who God is. And this, my friends, is a, a great starting point when we don't like what God's doing. It's a great starting point when we don't understand what God's doing. The starting point is to turn to God or even in our minds just to remind ourselves of the truth we know about him. God is good. In Nigeria, they, they do this thing that we as Northern Ireland Presbyterians again would never do. The ministers would say, God is good. And the congregation say back all the time. And the minister says all the time. And the congregation come back and they say, God is good. And then at the end, they all say together, we are witnesses. When we don't understand what God's doing, when we don't like what he's doing, we must remember that he is good, that he's just, 
that He knows all things, that He'll provide what we need, that He's in control, that He is love, that He loves us. We remind ourselves that God makes no mistakes, that His timing is perfect, that He's always with us, that He'll never leave us or forsake us, that ultimately He will work all things for our good and for His glory, that He will accomplish His will in this world, that He will accomplish His purpose and His plans for us, that He's always at work, that He's always accomplishing His will. Folks, maybe this morning you're wrestling with God. Maybe this morning you're wrestling with Him. Wrestling because you don't like what He's doing. Wrestling because you don't understand what He's doing. Folks, if that's you this morning, what I want to encourage you to do is to go home today and to get out a blank piece of paper and to get out a pen, and to write down all the things that you know are true about God. Write them down. The things you know are true about God, write those things down. And then pray, and tell God that you believe that He is those things. When we don't understand what God's doing, when we don't like what He's doing, we cling to the truth of who He is. And what that does is it gives us an anchor for our souls. It anchors us knowing who he is. But then there's a second thing that Habakkuk does. And it's something, again, that I would encourage each of you to do. Habakkuk goes to God. And he expresses what he feels. He expresses his disbelief. He expresses the things that he doesn't like. He goes to God and he, and he tells God, I don't understand this, Lord, and I do not like what you're planning to do. He pours out his heart to God. I don't know, but there's something strange that we do as Christians, and it's that we bottle things up. We bottle things up when it comes to expressing what we really think and feel to God. There are some of you here this morning and you don't understand what God's doing in your life or in the world. There's some of you here this morning and you don't like what God's doing in your life or in the world and you have it all bottled up. It's all stored up in your heart and you've not actually expressed that to God. But why not? He knows your heart. He, he knows what's in the bottle. I heard a great quote this week, and it says this, we need not attempt to bottle it up because God is inviting us to pour it out. We need not attempt to bottle it up because God is inviting us to pour it out. The Psalms are such wonderful poems. And in those, we, we get the example of what we're meant to be like as God's people. We're meant to pour out our hearts to the Lord. We're meant to give Him our concerns. We're meant to share those with Him. We're not to keep things bottled up because the Lord invites us to pour them out. Folks, I want to encourage you this morning, whatever your 
questioning, whatever you're doubting, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're wrestling with, don't keep it from God, but go to God with it and pour it out to Him. And this morning, there is one final thing that we need to do. We need to trust God to be God. We need to trust God to be God. One of the things that we're encouraged to do throughout the whole of Scripture is to live by faith and not by sight. That's why this series is called Living by Faith because in the next chapter, that's what God says. He says that the righteous shall live by faith. And in the New Testament, that's what we're also encouraged to do, to live by faith and not by sight. And folks, as we journey through this life of following God and when we don't understand what He's doing and when we don't like what He's doing, this is what we're called to do. We're called to bow our knees and say, God, you're God and we're not. Your ways are higher than our ways. We don't understand, Lord, but we trust you. We don't get this, Lord, but we're going to give it to you and trust you in the middle of it all. Oh God, you're God, and we're not. And so simply, we put our hope and our trust in you. Folks, this morning, what I want to assure you is this, God knows what he's doing. You might not like what God is doing. You might not understand what God is doing. But I just want to assure you this morning that God knows what He's doing. And He's fulfilling His purposes. His purposes for our good and for His glory. I want you to picture Good Friday in your mind. There He is the Lord Jesus, he's been nailed to the cross and he's hanging there and, and blood is pouring out of his body and people are mocking him and they're accusing him and they're jeering at him. Now, I want you for a second just to put yourself in the shoes of one of his disciples do they like what's going on up there? Do they like what they see? No, it's horrific. It's horrendous. They don't like it one bit. His disciples, as they stand there looking at their friend suffering so uncontrollably in such an awful way, do they understand what's going on? Do they understand why God is allowing this to happen? No, they do not. They don't like it and they don't understand it. But what is God doing? He's doing something that's going to lead to our good and to His glory. He's doing something that's going to lead to our forgiveness and our eternal life and His glory. The disciples, they didn't understand it. The disciples, they, they did not like it. 
but God knew what he was doing. Habakkuk is a book, as we're going to see next week and the week after, with no easy answers. It's not in the business of giving us easy answers. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. There will be times when God does not do what you hope for. There will be times when God does things you don't understand. There will be things that God does things that you don't like. But my friends, with eyes of faith, I want to encourage you to trust God, to trust our good God, that He will work all things for our good and for His glory. Next week, God is going to answer some of the questions that Habakkuk has answered. And next week, we're in for another challenge. But let's pray now and respond to what the Lord has said this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning just to know that it is normal for us sometimes not to like what you're doing. Lord, thank you this morning just for the assurance that it's okay sometimes to not understand what you're doing. Lord, thank you just for that assurance that we're not strange whenever we think these things sometimes. But Father, I pray for each of us this morning that in the middle of the difficulties that we see, in the middle of the questions that we have, that we with eyes of faith would believe that you are a God who is good and with us. That we would, with eyes of faith, would, would recognize that you're the God who is always fulfilling your plans for us and for your world. Lord, we pray this morning that we, with eyes of faith, would trust that you will ultimately work things for our good and for your glory. Father, you know that we all doubt sometimes. You know, Lord, that our faith is weak sometimes. And so we want to thank you this morning that you do not let us go. Father, we also give you thanks this morning for the invitation not to bottle up how we feel, but to pour it out to you. And Father, we would just ask that as we pour out our souls to you, that you would grant us peace and comfort and strength to face the difficulties that we're in. And that with eyes of faith, we would be able to trust you and walk with you through them. Lord, Habakkuk is hard. It's hard to understand. It's hard to preach. But Lord, we thank you for the things that you're saying to us through it. And we ask, Lord, that these things would lodge deep within our souls and that we would never forget them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.